Hi everyone, Vegas Film Critic here, Jeffrey K. Howard, here to give you my top 10 films of 2016. It's that time of year again. We've had so many movies this year, so many good movies this year. I'm actually going to do 15, but I'm going to do my special mentions, but then I'll do a top 10 list because, you know, there's just too many to choose from. I went over and over and over this list taking ones off and putting them on. And it's just, there are so many good movies this year. So this was really a difficult choice. And of course, as all critics do, they're saying, these are my personal choices. You know, does, you know, your opinion may be different. And uh, definitely it's art, you know, so you're going to see something different than I am. Uh, but these are my favorite films. So I, I'm going to cheat because I have my little list over here. I want to start with my special mentions. Uh, coming in at uh, one of my special mentions is Zootopia. And, uh, you know, this was a movie I went into just kicking and screaming because I didn't want to see little rabbits who are playing, you know, police officers and, and just see. It, it just looked really juvenile. It's just something I did not want to see at all. And it turned out not only be one of the best movies of the year, but one of the best animated films and a complex, entertaining story uh, that teaches children, teaches adults everything. It was funny. It was progressive. Zootopia was so much fun. So I had to put that in there. Uh, I'm trying to read here with my glasses off. Of course, Deadpool. Got to mention Deadpool. Total surprise. Showing that, you know, Marvel could do an R-rated film and people would go to it. It doesn't have to be family-friendly. It could be disgusting. It could be violent. It could be all of those things. And Ryan Reynolds stuck with it. And that, that demo that he did with the fight on the bridge and the car that went viral, you know, to prove he, he shot that just so the studio would give him the money. Awesome idea. Deadpool's fantastic. And uh, now it made Wolverine that's coming out, rated R. So that's going to be really cool. So Deadpool, loved it. Had to put that in there. Uh, Swiss Army Man. This movie really made me angry. Uh, throughout, throughout the whole film, I'm sitting there going, what the hell is going on? You know, you have Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe as a dead body washes up on shore and they're best friends and they end up teaching each other, you know, the meaning of life. I'm sitting there, what the hell is going on with this movie? But this is a movie that stuck with me and I've seen it two or three times since. I have it over there. And it's just... You know, we see so many movies that they're beginning, middle, and end, and they're just like they're spoon-fed to us. When something different, original, and innovative comes along, you know, we just have these defense mechanisms. And Swiss Army Man did that with me. But it's absolutely just the craziest creative movie, and uh, I, I encourage you to see it. If you haven't seen it, seatbelts. By the way, you like my new shirt? Just came in the mail. Awesome. I got all these new shirts for 2017. They're really cool. All right, another special mention, American Honey. Like Swiss Army Man, here's a movie that I went into just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And if you've ever had those those teenagers that show up at your door in a van or wandering your neighborhood trying to sell magazine subscriptions, that's the basis of this movie. And all the stars of this movie, the exception of uh, Shia LaBeouf, of course, who's a big star, they're all unknowns. The director, writer went out and she found these beach kids. And so when you're watching this movie, a lot of this movie is improv. A lot of this movie is just a, a, just a, a notion, an, an idea, and just go with it. Except, you know, Shia kind of like, you know, bookends it and tries to, you know, give some sort of structure. So American Honey is just this really free-spirited, kind of hippie, kind of free-thinking kind of movie that, again, like Swiss Army Man, just sticks with you and you just can't stop thinking about it. So American Honey was pretty cool. And finally, for my special mentions, you know, I wanted to put this in my top 10. It almost made it, but it's so brilliant. And that's Kubo and the Two Strings. You know, absolutely brilliant story, funny performances. The animation is just out of this world. I saw it in that new Dolby. Where's the poster right here? I still have it over here from a few months ago. I still have the poster from that Dolby, uh, what's it called? It's on the back here. The Total Cinema, the Total, I'm blocking the mic, Total Cinema Experience with Dolby Cinema uh, by uh, AMC. It was so cool. Look, I took a couple posters. You want one? Yeah, send me a letter. Send me an email and I will send you one, but I'm keeping the other. Those are my special mentions. Now let's get to the top 10. 
Coming in at number 10, uh, Jeremy Solonier. I can't know if I say his name. It's Solonier. Uh, did you see Blue Ruin? One of the most amazing films in the past decade. I think I've seen that movie about 15, 20 times. Here is Green Room uh, about a local punk band who's in this Oregon roadhouse who witnessed a murder and just happens to be a, like a, a nest of white Aryans, you know, the Nazi weirdos. So uh, they witness a murder and their leader isn't going to let them leave. Played by, of course, Patrick Stewart, Professor X, Captain Picard himself, and also Anton Yelchin. This is one of his last films. And uh, just a powerful, just visceral movie that just is, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. So Green Room was phenomenal. Saw it earlier this year and I didn't forget it. Coming at number nine, Captain Fantastic. You know, Viggo Mortensen plays this father, another hippie-inspired movie. This was a great, great year for, like, hippie movies. Viggo Mortensen and his family living on a bus, traveling to their, his wife's funeral, and about how he keeps his kids sheltered, living in the woods. But it's not a bad thing, you know, or is it? That's the movie, it questions that. Is the movie, you know, putting these children in danger by keeping them out of society, you know, of somewhere in the woods being homeschooled and learning survival techniques and, and being indoctrinated by his father and his way of thinking, his way of life. And when the children venture out for a funeral into the real world, all kinds of clashes happen. So I didn't forget this movie either. I think it's one of the funniest movies. It is a comedy, but it's also a serious drama too. It's got a, just a brilliant mixture of, of both in it. And I didn't forget it. It's such a great film. Captain Fantastic. Did you see it? You should. Okay, Captain Fantastic. What's next? Um... Coming at number eight is Patriot's Day, directed by Peter Berg, starring Mark Wahlberg about the Boston bombing. Uh, Boston Strong, uh, a play-by-play, -play, how the FBI, how local law enforcement, how first responders, everybody came together, how they found these two terrorists, these homegrown terrorists, and it was just a play-by-play -play using real footage and recreation. It's, it's just a powerful film. I just thought it was just, just kept me on the edge of my seat. And also, just a salute to all of our heroes and all the victims that day, Boston Strong. Patriot's Day comes in at number eight. Number seven, another action movie directed by Mel Gibson starring Andrew Garfield as a real-life hero, World War II hero in the Battle of Okinawa, Hacksaw Ridge, about a character, a real-life man who was a conscientious objector who would not pick up a gun during basic training. He fought it all the way, and he went through basic training in World War II, went to Okinawa, one of the bloodiest battles of the war, especially in the Pacific, and he saved over 75 men, you know, luring them down a ridge during, under battle, under gunfire, amazing, ridiculous situations, uh, just a powerful film. Mel Gibson, one of our best filmmakers, Andrew Garfield delivers an incredible performance, Vince Vaughn as a sergeant like you've never seen him before, Hacksaw Ridge was just this powerful, unforgettable experience. Coming at number six, we have more education in terms of civil rights and our history here in the United States of the 20th century. I'm talking about hidden figures, about the three women, or at least, no, all the women, all the African-American women who helped us put the man on the moon and, and progressed our, our space program in combatant with the Russians, you know, we're fighting them again today, I think. Uh, and it starts uh, Octavia Spencer and uh, Charles P. Henson. You know, they were math specialists, but of course, because of segregation, even in NASA, it's just amazing where, as you, as history goes along, we find these stories that, who would have thought there would be segregation in NASA? And not only there was segregation, there was like, you use your own white-only coffee pots, there were uh, bathrooms only for, for, for colored, you know, they had colored, and they, it's just so, you're sitting there thinking, you know, because usually educated, smart people, you know, if you're in math and a scientist, you overlook that kind of bigotry, you know, history always shows that, but NASA, it was running rampant, so it was these women that that broke those barriers, that put man on the moon, that put the space program on the map, it, you're going to be cheering. You're going to be standing, you're going to be standing up cheering like I did, and just wonderful performances. Everyone should see this movie. I loved it. It's one of my favorite hidden figures. 
Coming in number five, a movie that I had no idea really what it was about. I went in, and it's not a children's film. It's not a family film. It is a serious drama. It's called A Monster Calls. And uh, Lewis McDougall, I think I'm going off the I saw this movie like a month ago. Uh, it's a boy who's dealing with all of these growing pain issues. His mother has cancer, and uh, he's living with his grandmother now. Who's, he's rebelling. He's not doing well in school. He's got all these problems on his shoulders. And for him to escape, this tree monster, voiced by Liam Neeson, uh, this shows up and helps him to get through all these different situations. The movie is so heavy. It's so dramatic. And I'm telling you, when I say bring a box of Kleenex, I think you should bring two. We were bawling in the theater. I was sobbing, not only through the whole movie, but towards the end, I could not stop crying. I was crying in the car on the way home. Monster Calls is just an amazing allegory about a little boy and dealing with life issues. And this kid, Louis McDougall, he was also in The Impossible. Remember the flood movie in the in the, in the South Pacific or wherever the hell it was? Uh, he's just delivers one of the best performances of the year. If the Academy doesn't recognize him, shame on you. A monster calls. Don't miss it. Number four comes a drama that I heard either you hate it or you love it, and I saw it, and I absolutely loved it. Manchester by the Sea, about a man played by Casey, Asa, Casey Affleck, who returns home because uh, his brother died, and he found out now he's the guardian of his 14-year-old son, who's going through growing pains, who doesn't want to leave Manchester. And Casey didn't want, his character didn't want to come back to Manchester because of a because of an altercation or an incident that happened earlier in his life. So he's trying to escape Manchester and everything about it. Uh, incredible performances. When you think about the story, it's really nothing unique. It's all about the performances. It really is. That just comes alive in this movie. And Casey Affleck is phenomenal with his poor brother, you know, uh, <laughs> with Ben, live by night, not doing any well. And he's had the spotlight for a while. Casey is now going to have the spotlight with Manchester by the Sea. And I was thrilled to death at this year's Critics' Choice Awards to uh, meet and speak with writer-director uh, Kenneth Lon who did Manchester by the Sea, and I just had to gush, and he was just the sweetest guy. So, Manchester by the Sea comes in at number four. Number three, I'm a Western fanatic, and this is a modern Western. It's called Hell or High Water. Uh, Jeff Bridges, Ben Foster, and uh, Chris Pine, two brothers who are robbing banks all over Texas, and Jeff Bridges as the sheriff who's going to bring them down. Uh, it's just such a fun Western. It really is. Well, I shouldn't say fun. It's thrilling, exciting, it's dramatic. Uh, Texas is such a great backdrop for any kind of Western like this. And Jeff Bridges, of course, met him at the Critics' Choice Awards this year, and I had to go up and talk to the dude and just tell him how much I admired him in this role. And he's just, he just, the whole movie. All three just killer performances. If you haven't seen Hell or High Water, it's on DVD now. That comes in at number three. All right, number two, Tom Ford, a man who came from the fashion industry, wrote and directed Nocturnal Animals, which is a modern neo-noir that's just, it's a movie within a movie. You know, she's reading a book that her ex-husband wrote, and it's about this family being terrorized, and it's about, you know, trying to get back at his wife. And it's just, it's so complex. It really is. It's really a web of deceit, of lies, of thrills. I mean, if Hitchcock were alive, he would love this movie. And not only the performances by Amy Adams or by Jake Gyllenhaal, who you've never seen him before like this. He's a coward. He just wanted to scream because he can't help his family. He won't do anything. And the great Michael Shannon. The great Michael Shannon. I should have put Elvis and Nixon on this list. I didn't have room, but I love that film. I love Michael Shannon. He plays the sheriff. You know, rivals Jeff Bridges in supporting actor. I'll tell you, those two are just going head to head. It just Michael Shannon is one of my favorite actors right now. And he was in Midnight Special, another movie I couldn't put on here just because of his performance. And he was in the Critics' Choice Awards, and I couldn't get to him in time. People tell me he's really weird, but you know what? I love weird! What am I, Albert Brooks? I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> what am I talking about? Nocturnal Animals. Loved it. One of my favorite films of the year. Have you seen it? All right, I know what you're thinking. Number one, here we are. God, I'm going 13 minutes into this. Number one, I knew this movie was going to be my favorite movie of the year the moment I saw it. I've seen it two or three times since... We're talking Moonlight. 
uh, from Barry Jenkins uh, about a coming of age film like you've never seen before. Um, I, I got his name wrong. Uh, Chiron. That's what it is. Chiron. People were emailing me. I got the name wrong, and they really blambasted me. I should have looked that up. It's Chiron. I, I got it. I got it this time. Coming of age film about a boy uh, in the the in the drug ridden nineties. Growing up in Miami, uh, we see him at three different ages. We see him at you know ten years old, uh, sixteen years old, and mid twenties. And about him and his growing pains, growing up in that, dealing with his sexuality, being gay, uh, also dealing with drug dealers. Uh, his mother uh, being um, uh, an addict, you know, and just and also uh, Mar Mar Marshala Ali Mahershala. I'm gonna get his name right. Mahershala Ali, just an amazing performance. It's just. This movie is just, you'll never forget it. You really won't. And uh, I just, I can't, I love telling people about Moonlight. If you have delicate sensibilities, if the subject matter doesn't interest you, or you might have delicate you know, sensibilities when it comes to that, I don't know. But I think you can overlook that because you see these performances by these three actors. Also, Barry Jenkins, just his poetic direction and the lighting and the music. Moonlight is just a phenomenal film. It will stick with you. You will think about it long after the movie's over. That was my favorite film of 2016. All right, there you have my top 15, top 10 for 2016. Uh, I know you're probably screaming at me. Let me know what your favorite movies are. List them below. Also, you can check out more of my reviews and interviews and my website at VegasFilmCritic.com, my portal to my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my Snapchat, which I don't use too much. I'm going to try to. Uh, also, I'm going to do my top worst movies of 2016. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. And you know what? There are two on that list that you're going to totally disagree with me, and I'm going to get all kinds of hell for it. But thank you so much for joining me this year. It's been a great year. Uh, you know, come out and see us in Las Vegas. We'd love to see you. And if you ever come to Vegas, hey, look me up. I don't mind having a little drink with you. I don't drink. We'll do coffee. I don't drink coffee either. Hot chocolate? Yeah, I love iced tea. Am I just babbling now? I'm Jeffrey Howard. Thank you so much for joining me this year. I appreciate everything. I'll see you next time in 2017.